What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 86. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? It's a new year. It's a new year. The slate is clean. The football is, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be coming in hard and fast. But first and foremost, we've got, it's it, it's like a holiday for a different reason. It's Happy New Year, and it's also the beginning of the, <laughs> the transfer year. window. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Go, yes, come on, is. the transfer window. It's, it's like our, you know, Fabrizio Romano becomes a superhero. <laughs> Uh, everybody literally just, you know, checks their feed every second waiting for news. And man, that news on Jan 1 is already pouring in fast and hot. And I want to make sure that at some point today we talk about Cristiano Ronaldo, but that point does not need to be right now. Uh, I have a few thoughts, but um, I really would like to talk more about these uh, wonderful festive fixtures um, from the Premier League that we've gotten. But first I got to ask, man, how you feeling? 2023. I'm feeling all right, man. And yes, I agree <laughs> with you. It's Fabrizio Romano time when the transfers come. But I want it to be our viewers' time too. So before we say of all our transfers and we talk about the fixtures, tell us what are the transfers that are for sure going to happen in the comment section on YouTube. And if you're on Spotify, hop into YouTube and just comment what we need to talk about in terms of transfers. Like, Declan yeah. Rice is for sure moving. Harry Kane will leave Tottenham. I know these are bold outcomes, but tell yeah, us yours in the YouTube comment section. But, yes, you wow. mentioned, Breton, festive fixtures and Arsenal are seven points clear. And yeah. if I had to award the manager of 2022 next to Ancelotti and Scaloni, it's for sure, Mikel Arteta. The championship mentality of this team is because of Arteta. And they are winning consistently. Odegaard, yeah. Saliba that I love. You know I love Saliba. Ramsdale, yes, I there do. is a voice at the back. You have leaders yeah. and you have players that don't want to lose. And Shaka too, with Partey at the back. Shaka is playing great, great football. So, yeah. I've got to say I, I, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, and... Uh, they're not even playing their best football. I keep saying this. They aren't playing their best football. Uh, in, in some respects, they almost pissed that result away uh, at Brighton. Mm. But anytime you put four goals, uh, you know, four goals on somebody uh, at the Amex, mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to come away with a win. Um, and, and you mentioned Thomas Partey. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thomas Partey, in my, in my mind, is one of the biggest reasons why Martin Odegaard is quite possibly the best midfielder next to Kevin De Bruyne and in the Premier match. League right now. Eh, <laughs> eh, uh, uh, no. That no, assist. No. <laughs> no, that assist was nice, yes. But, like, Martin Odegaard right now uh, is, has been given the freedom and, and given the, uh, you know, they don't have to ask him to be as uh, really defensively aware, I guess you could say, because he's not that defensively great, uh, because he's got Thomas Partey behind him. Because... Uh, and, and he also, Shaka. Thomas Partey, opens up Granit Xhaka as well to to focus on his strengths because, man, uh, this is probably the longest stretch Xhaka has had where mm. people are calling his name instead of booing his name uh, in an Arsenal shirt. And I, I, I got to say, I yeah, I, I, but, but like it, it baffles me, Alex. Mm. Seven-point lead. Do you honestly think that Mikel Arteta believed that, that this turnaround, that this uh, – this glow up, if you will, of the Gunners 
would happen this soon. I think he doesn't, but I think he's just working yeah. with the flow of things. He knows he's yeah. got special players, and he's getting them <laughs> faster than ever. You got Odegaard, that's a very different player. That from he's predicted as fast, I'd say. Saliba, yeah. he had doubts of him in the past. Arteta, I think he doesn't have as much as he as he has now. So I think a lot of doubts he has, he had answered this season yeah. ahead, Mikel Arteta. So I think okay. yes, Arsenal. They are favorites right now to win the Premier League. And they are one huh? injury away. It's not Martinelli. It's not Saka. Yes. It's Thomas Partey, okay? If this yeah. man gets injured, those title odds woo, change drastically for me at least. So yeah. they, Or they get a replacement for Partey, okay? I just want to emphasize yeah. this because that's the incomplete a piece in the puzzle in my opinion or still with the striker too but i want to say i got here in my notes martinelli okay has 16 mm -hmm. games seven goals two assists and i gotta say he might be one of the best bargains ever at arsenal getting them for six million pounds and saka right now can be considered one of the best wingers in the world in form, man. I ha I'm going to say yeah. that. Arsenal are top of the English, the best league in the world, and it's because of Bukayo Saka. Must be in yeah. the talk of best under-23 players in the world right now. He is lethal, yeah. man, and a leader. Get that extension. I always say yeah. this every pod, man. Get that extension. It has to happen. Has to. I think they'll, they'll, they'll get it done. They'll get it done. And um, those that, that seven-point cushion, it, it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I think Mikel Arteta, uh, probably along with a lot of Arsenal fans, are pinching themselves right now because seven points sounds a whole lot bigger than it likely is because right. they will have to face Manchester City not once but twice, twice um, in the second half. And, and, and that's kind of like the choose-your-own-adventure part of this whole situation for Arsenal. It's an amazing place to be in. But what do you do next? Mm -hmm. Do you shore up your depth by spending your money on backups, solid backups for, for your DM, for party, yes. uh, maybe for uh, for your wingbacks, your, your, uh, your fullbacks, your wingers as well? But is it really? I, I mean, if I were Gunners fans, if I were Arteta, I would be maybe – having cold feet when it comes to spending anything above $40 million for Mikhailo Mudrik, which I know if you, look at, if you look at Mudrik's um, his Instagram or any of his socials, it's all like, Arsenal, come get me. You know, yeah. come on, I'm here, I'm ready to go. Um, but at the same time, Shakhtar is playing very big hardball with really not much of a bargaining chip because I believe there are other wingers out there that Arsenal could definitely uh, look for and maybe spend a little time. So, I don't think they need to rush with Martinelli in, in the form that he's in currently, but like, Martinelli this is really... Uh, if Modric goes I, for 50, 60 he's, million, he's overpriced? Right. Yes. Who would you yeah. get for and that? I, I, I would get Jao Felix on loan. I would sell. I would sell mm. Pepe, like Nico Pepe. I would. I would get him out the door for a cut rate fee, and that right there would essentially pay for the upfront fee, uh, not the wages, but it would. I think pay for close to the upfront fee that Atletico Madrid uh, would be asking for. For uh, Jao Felix fits this, um, and and he can fill in, in in any number of places. I agree. Right? He I can fill in any number of places. Mudrik, Mudrik is an unknown except in a couple Champions League games. He's an unknown except for a couple. I, I agree uh, that he has 
what it takes. I do not agree, although I'm not Roberto De Serbi. I think that's his name, right, Roberto? I'm not Brighton boss De Serbi who used to coach him, who said Mudrik could win the Ballon d'Or one day. Um, But, but man, I I just think there's more mobile things because this is very much a project – that has been accelerated to where they could win the Premier League this year. But my guess is that, yes, you want to win the Premier League for the first time in 20-plus years, but at the same time, you also want to be dominant for years and years and years to come. I don't think Mudrik necessarily is that guy that does that. I, Look more mm, mm, I, insular, I guess. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go the other side of this because okay. a winger, especially he's Ukrainian, he's going to be the star of his nation for years to come too. I hear uh, I think Mudrik, his price is, is above 50. And I'm going to give you now a player that I'd compare a year or two back was in a similar situation as Mudrik. And it's Kvisha Kvaretskilia. I feel like yeah. because of, of Kvaretskilia now, more players like Mudrik are getting the attention they deserve. And Mudrik in this Champions League for me, he was absolutely electric. And I, I think he justifies at least 50-60. If... It goes above 60 million. I agree it's overpriced. But, but Bretson, I'm on yeah. totally on your side when it comes to Mudrik of uh, 60 or above 60 million or Jean Felix yeah. on loan for 8, 10 million. Yeah. I'm Jean Felix completely. I love that suggestion, Bretson. But how much uh, do you uh, think he's going to cost, though? Like after um, the loan? Jean I Felix. mean, Shakhtar, oh, Jean Felix. Oh, that I don't know. I, I haven't even given thought to that. It, it certainly. You think a hundred million? If well, if Atletico won't put the, they they'll have to leave the digits on that. A hundred million, yeah. like I can't see it, and they'll then they'll justify it, say, oh, we we got an eight eight million from the loan, a hundred million here, that pays a stay. But I could yeah. see that, but let's see. Arsenal can lower it though. I think they can. Yeah, lower and and. It. And the the Reese Nelson injury that's that's tough because he was coming back. Obviously, in those those few minutes he had, he scored what two goals and had an assist. Uh, so it it, it it was a shame. It was a shame and very unlucky. You have ESR uh, Smith Rowe. He's coming back. Obviously, he could play on the wing, but also plays Cam Fabio mostly. Um, you got Fabio Vieira that really Same. hasn't even been moved or I'm sorry used that much. But it it it's. It's tough for me because I do believe that they can achieve depth and continue on their plan of being not, you know, dominant just for one year. Obviously, that's the thing. It's the choose your own adventure. Do you go all in to win it this year Mm -hmm. and potentially sacrifice the future? Exactly. Or do you keep it measured, say we're ahead of the game right now, Uh, we do what we need to do to shore up the ranks, but we also make sure that we are giving everybody the, you know, the support uh, and the confidence that they need to continue to carry this out because this this second stretch of the Premier League season is going to be brutal, <laughs> brutal. brutal for them. But I do have to say before we move on for Arsenal because it is it's impressive play. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of players that are playing so amazingly. Um, Eddie Nketiah is another one. Uh, but when it comes down to it for me, um, it is pretty impressive to think, and Norway, I guess, has to be pretty happy, or Norwegians out there that follow football religiously. You've got your top scorer in the Premier League um, being Erling Holland, and you've got Martin Odegaard, uh, probably seen as the most in form, the most in form, I'm not saying best, but the most in form midfielder 
in the Premier League at the moment, and they're both Norwegian. Um, you you got to hope that translates to international um, you know, events uh, in, in the years to come. come it's to it's really, Cup really impressive. Wow, that's what you got to see in 2026. Hope to see Holland yeah. right there with, uh, with Odegaard. Completely agree. And I just want to end on my side with Arsenal. It's, I completely agree. They shouldn't overstep Arsenal. And I think Edu and Arteta have a list of names. The names yeah. with Mudrik, names with Douglas Luiz that in the summer, at the end, he got that extension that was a big blow. But Arsenal has clear targets that they want to get. So hopefully, Jean yeah. Felix is in that list. FC Wonder Kid, we definitely want that move to Arsenal. But people, tell us down below your thoughts about the Arsenal situation. And if you're enjoying the podcast until now, don't forget to like this video. But yes, you mentioned mm. the Norwegian beast. And yes, the best midfielder is Odegaard in form. But come on, Erling Haaland is going so bold this season. We're still not even halfway through in the Premier League. And Erling Haaland already has 21 goals in which he's two goals away from the top goal scorers of last season. Son and Salah yeah. that had 23 ridiculous he already has more goals than his dad when he was in in the english first division it's not even a one it, season it's, just, it's, it, it, it's bonkers and and yet manchester city is seven points behind <laughs> arteta what what's arteta doing he, you know effect. <laughs> uh, it, it's absolutely baffling to think about and i i guess i guess when you uh, oh, replace yeah. a lot of your when you replace a lot of your attack with one um, otherworldly human mm -hmm. that is basically a goal vacuum or a goal whatever you want to call it just this goal nut um, you you do I guess give things up right mm -hmm. I mean it used to be that Manchester City was so dang good and so dang dangerous on the wings mm -hmm. and it just doesn't it doesn't feel that way anymore. And that would create chances, right, between Raheem Sterling, um, even when Bernardo Silva would play on the wings. And uh, come on, help me out. Mahrez um, is more of the bench. Mahrez, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I really do feel like they are sacrificing by having Holland up there. And maybe we're starting to see some of the negatives that come out from that. Because if you can't break down mm. Everton at the Etihad, um, I don't necessarily know what to tell you. I won't blame um, Holland, though. I think Ben Godfrey, though, big highlight on that game. Okay, 1-1 one, one yeah, Everton, not in, City. <laughs> he City. Got in his head. Yeah, he did. He did. He, did. he, he rattled Holland. There yeah. was definitely moments between the two. And Ben Godfrey is a very underrated English center back. Please remember the name, okay, people? But, yeah, I agree. There is limitations with Erling Haaland still. And I think Erling yeah. Haaland acknowledges them. And that's why I feel like he's going to be one of the best players ever in football because he already at this stage says he's irritated when he sees people score goals in the world cup he he yep. has that success mindset of i'm gonna work on my body my body i'm gonna work hard i'm i have a father that set me as an example to erling Haaland. so i see a lot of positives that make me think that man city with Haaland, foden cole palmer rico lewis at right back oh my days what a player they're going to build a dynasty. 
<laughs> or, or midfield, apparently. Rico Lewis can do it all. You know, he's in the midfield. He was at fullback. Yeah. Um, so that's and a Cole dynasty, Palmer. man. And Julian Alvarez, man. Yeah. We're talking Erling Haaland. Yes, he was irritated. I'm not saying he was irritated for the success of Julian Alvarez. But Haaland right. is the main man and striker. And there's a guy that's the striker of the team that won the World Cup with Julian Alvarez, mm. man. Talk about attention. So Haaland wants and will prove himself consistent, consistently in 2023. That's And it's not a bold prediction, man. <laughs> this is not bold. Oh, like, 21 goals no. already. So, but yeah, it's, he's making history no. too. This is what I wanted people to remember too. It's like, watch Man City. You're witnessing uh-huh. history. Pep Guardiola will be remembered as a coach. De Bruyne there. Haaland there. Foden starting now. You are going to remember these moments, man. So might as well watch greatness with City, Liverpool, United starting too, and Arsenal beginning that bold rivalry. So... Uh, yeah, uh, and, and and it's bizarre. It's bizarre to even say it, but <laughs> if uh, Erling Holland can even slightly improve his finishing, yes, um, that's when Manchester City becomes pretty much virtually unbeatable. Because it's it's not whether or not he's going to get chances during the game. He's going to get chances. It's just whether or not he puts him away. Um, and and he he put it best. Holland put it best uh, in that man that midweek Manchester City Leeds game mm-hmm. uh, where where he obviously could have had five, you know? <laughs> he could have had five goals, but he didn't. But it's he true. didn't. And unfortunately, that type of mindset, he was he was understandably upset with himself in the post-game <laughs> interview. And then he went out Everton. He scored a goal, but when all is said and done, he didn't hit those chances again. So there is, and this is scary to think, a whole lot of room for improvement when it comes to Erling Holland. What what is going to be really interesting and Pep might not be around for this in the in the future like you know 5 years from now, 7 years from now, whatever is as Erling Holland becomes even more dominant with his goal scoring and with his ability to like be the man, right, mm-hmm. for a team, at what point does it potentially become a uh a, a way to play against Manchester City, right? At what point does it become uh, maybe an ego that develops? And I'm not saying that he's Mr. Ego right now at his age, at 22. Uh, But as he scores more goals and it becomes 50, 60, 70 goals in a calendar year, uh, Erling Holland, it is going to be Erling Holland and whoever takes the pitch with him. It's not going to be Manchester City any longer. I I, I see where you're coming. And I think if Erling Holland doesn't win a title with Man City in the Prem, people are going to say that. People are going to say that. And it's understandable because at Dortmund, he didn't win. At Salzburg, everybody wins. (laughs) And (laughs) now now at Man City, uh, if he doesn't, with Pep Guardiola there too, yeah, the pressure, it's undeniable. And he's 22 right now, and he has mad pressure, Erling Haaland, too. Because he had Alvarez that won both for Argentina and his biggest rival, to win the Ballon d'Or in the future was one of the best players in the tournament. That is Kylian Mbappé. And I might say mm. Kylian Mbappé right now is in the discussion to win the Ballon d'Or. And Haaland is a bit in the back foot. So that's yeah. why he's irritated. And that's why he's going to go bold with the goals even more and improve himself. But I said oh, Mbappé, I just want to say, with I don't want to go away from City, but I just want to say that Mbappé in 2022... Had 56 games 
56 goals, 17 assists, and he's the player with most goals scored in the top five leagues in 2022. So that's why he's in the debate for the Ballon d'Or. And he carried France to a World Cup final too, in which he scored three goals in a final, man. So crazy. Like, insane. So I just wanted to yeah. say Mbappe with all this Holland chit chat. But yeah, how much uh, is Holland yeah. now valued, man, even? Like, it's insane. It's insane. I don't think. That's I like, don't think there's anybody. I mean, it's you're talking PSG and potentially, <laughs> poten, potentially Real Madrid that could even fathom what type of value, and that value would likely be like we have to fix your base salary because otherwise we'll get killed, and we have to find other ways to pay you. I mean, that's kind of what it would come down to. It's kind of like if Kylian Mbappe uh, were to move again uh, as well, because yes, as of right now, these two are the torchbearers uh, for the future. Uh, as we potentially leave the Messi-Ronaldo debate uh, for years and years to come, it's Haaland and Mbappe for the foreseeable future. And, That's for And you mentioned sure. that like the world, the Haaland, there's a World Cup stop yeah. and Haaland keeps on scoring. It's like he was yeah. prepared during the World Cup. He was working hard and he's showing with he his was. results. And it's so mad, man, that he has 21 goals in the Premier League and there was even a stop, a stop mm -hmm. of a month. And he's still... Gets the twenty-one goals in the front. So, and, oh my gosh! We, we said it. We said it when he was racking up goals at Dortmund too. But he is normalizing like this type of goal scoring. You know, <laughs> it's gotten to the point now. We've seen it so much with him that even though he stepped up to the Premier League, mm -hmm. you you can, you just can't fathom what he's doing True. as it stands because we're likely not going to see it again um, for mm -hmm. a very very long time um it, it, it's insane i mean he's matched pretty much every golden boot winner back until what mo salah uh when mo salah put up what 30 goals in one season i don't even know how long ago that was right he has matched almost every one of them or he's within a goal or two and it, it we just turned january right we've got five more months of football premier league football alone ahead of us and more importantly what i love to see the other day with holland was he shout out, shouted out? He shouted out? Well, I don't know what the word is. Uh, but he basically said, hey, I got to really give some credit to the physio team because they are keeping me as razor sharp as possible so he has the chance to go out there every day because we all remember mm -hmm. the one thing we thought was the Achilles heel of Erling Holland was the fact that he would get little injuries that would keep him out a week, two weeks, three weeks. We have seen, it's been a while, but we have seen bad games from Erling Holland. True. But it has been a very long time, and he has been immensely consistent because, according to him, the physio room at Manchester City. So kudos to them. Kudos, and that's that. That is a very different difference maker that can do in a locker room, man. Having a good oh, yeah. physio team involved in the team spirit to helping what they need. So I love that great yeah. shout, and it's in details that you win championships so i just want to yeah. say that and man city just like newcastle seem to be on top of the details in the world of football but tell us down below at what you think is going to happen with man city and all this chit chat too with erling Haaland. but mentioning two cities so much and saying yeah. how this team changed with a striker there's a team uh -huh. that in the prem is desperate desperate to sign a striker and it's man you no, it's a, because in terms of chance created, it's not Arsenal. It's not Man City. It's definitely not Tottenham, the first in chances created in that prime. It's Man United with Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, 
Anthony, Casmiro holding the fortress. This is a changed team, okay? I got to say that. And most yeah. chances created, it's Man United. So they need, That's... they're desperate. They have to get someone now. <laughs> now that Ronaldo uh, uh, left too. Jeez. Yeah, or or in, in Marcus we trust, right? <laughs> uh, 11 goals, four assists in 17 United starts this season. Uh, on top of that, he pitched in, you know, a nice three goals uh, for England in the World Cup. Um, but but here, like this, Prime. this is what this is what you talk about when it comes to he's 25 now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Rashford's uh, mentality, he apparently slept in and missed training or missed whatever it was, oh, yes, a, yes, a yes, pre-match yes. meeting. Right. And Eric Ten Hag said, you're not starting today. You're getting mm-hmm. benched. Right. Yeah. And instead of getting pissed about it and i'm not directing this to anyone marcus rashford's still a young guy we know his character because of what he does off the field mm-hmm. right but marcus rashford said all right fine you know you, absolutely valid he even said it to the press ten hog was valid for for doing this and then boom he goes in and he scores the game winner against wolverhampton right mm-hmm. and you know and he should have probably had a second goal as well uh when it comes down to it but goal. he has Amazing. 15 goal involvements in 17 starts mm-hmm. right along with the three World Cup goals. And it just makes you think, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously injuries in and out of the lineup. I mean, maybe the whole Manchester United thing should have been built around some of these younger guys um, that have shown just an immense amount of talent. Maybe they should have supported them more um, when they were not playing their best uh, in past years, right? Uh, Obviously, the managerial transition here, Exactly. Uh, has been very rocky for Rashford. But when it comes down to it, uh, I think Ten Hag can really continue to get the best out of Rashford, and he obviously already is, because I believe Manchester United has lost once in the last 19 fixtures. Mm-hmm. Eric Ten Hag effect, and it's clear as day. It's the discipline and the consistency is now coming from it. I completely agree. Yeah. And Rashford is the first player I'm going to highlight, because he deserves it. We are watching primetime Rashford, okay? I've never seen Rashford yeah. as consistent as, as he is right now. And he's got 104 goals for Man United. And he's currently the top goal scorer of the club. And he feels that responsibility, okay? I really get that feeling. And yes, 15 goals and assists this season. And if they had yeah. the striker, I think he'd still have big numbers. Because the Brun Fernandes-Rashford chemistry... With a top number nine, it's going to be yeah. so good to watch. And it's true. Ronaldo, the style of play of Man United with Ronaldo didn't help Brun Fernandes, didn't help Rashford. And yes, it has a big toll on how they're playing right now. So I, right. I think that Man United are only going to go up. And I, I, I want to see them getting a proper number nine. I'd like Gonçalo Rems. I'm just shouting him out. Because yes, there's not a lot of number nines you can get right now and yeah. Gosalhem should be bold. Benjamin Chesko is my is my if like no money, just going crazy, get Chesko. Yeah. That would be my bold yeah. mention for United. Well, he's, uh, is he's it Jan 1? I mean, right. Does he start now? Is it Jan 1 or does he join them this summer? Ooh, I ooh, forget ooh. which one. Sesko. <laughs> I think it's summer, yeah. He's the replacement yeah. for Nkunku. So yeah. Nkunku okay. goes to Chelsea and Salzburg Leipzig, Red Bull Group, um, phenomenal management, put Chesko at Leipzig. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Gonzalo Ramos, uh, obviously, I, do you still think he's worth $100 million? 
I, th- I no, right now this this summer, yeah. If he's gonna leave yeah. Benfica, that's the price, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a striker, it's gotta too. be cheaper. There, I mean, th- here's no, here's no. the interesting thing right now. I mean, you're starting to see cracks form, um, and I would argue that the sample size is too small. I would argue that there's still a transition period that's happening, um, but you you are starting to see cracks form in the Manchester United support of. Jaden Sancho, who just apparently returned to training, but he's doing his own individual stuff. So I don't know the first thing that's going on there, but that's a hundred million sitting on the sideline again. Mm-hmm. And then you also have people starting to lose a little support in Anthony um, and his inefficiencies um, on the pitch. Now, whether or not that stays or whether or not he needs that transition period to kind of get under things, that's great. But it's not like Anthony was incredibly prolific. Exactly. At Ajax? Exactly. You know? He wasn't the best. So, Tadic was the prolific one. And I'd right. say on the opposite, look at Luke Shaw and Bissaka now. They're much yeah. better. They're much better. So, <laughs> so do you, like, here's, here's the thing that I really have to kind of rationalize because the Glazers, mainly because of the experiences and the pressure put on them uh, by outside support of Manchester United, right? Um, they are definitely going to be selling the club, they should. right? Um, and if they're going to sell the club, they're not going to spend on a nine. Mm-hmm. They're Whoa. just not. They have right? to. Right? If oh, they, it's if they're going to, I agree. They are. Getting it's a damned results. if you do, damned if you don't. I, you know I, what I mean? I, feel, it, I, I felt, I felt it. Yeah, when you said it. But I, <laughs> at least this season, though, like the Glazers did bring in before, like the season, like Eric Ten Hag did come, Malasia. Yeah. Uh, Eriksen, uh, Lisandro Martinez, Varane, Casemiro, all these transfers for me are positives. And yeah. it's it's a time of change at Man United right now. You know, and I'm going to say this, man. Like, mm-hmm. we, Eric Ten Hag is doing an amazing job by diminishing the role of Maguire too. He, came, he was the captain when Ten Hag came. And now we even see Luke Shaw play at center back ahead of Maguire. Woo. I love it. And I love Martinez <laughs> and Varane coming. Varane is the real deal. A leader next to Casemiro yeah. too. People talk a lot about Casemiro, but talk more on Varane. Ball distribution and the presence he has is elite. Varane world class. So yeah, these good. are all points, man. These are all points that in the past we wouldn't say. And Ten Hag, like the fact that Ten Hag came, now you have Rashford a better player. You have uh, Dalo a better player. You have everybody like is improving with the team. Luke Shaw, Bissaka now. So I'm I'm gonna say this: Eric Tenag, great choice, and he's showing right now the discipline and yeah, yeah. the leaders and the competition yeah. too. Like the fact that Malasia came performed big time. Mm-hmm. The fact that mm-hmm. Dalo started performing big time. He cost twenty. Bissaka was the 50, 60 million guy. Then Shaw and Bissaka said to themselves, we got to step up if we are going to yeah. stay too. So the competition inside Manchester United, Eric Ten Hag caused that too. So that's the Eric Ten Hag effect. I'm going to say uh, that. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's also bringing up kind of the next generation or uh, doing the right thing with his younger investments like a Garnacho, Like uh, Shoratire has been on the bench. Hopefully Iqbal gets uh, Iqbal, uh, gets some, some time at the some point. 23s. He, yes, and now he's training. Exactly. Yeah. Because that pipeline, much like Manchester City has figured out, that pipeline might not directly Crucial. lead to the 11, right? But they also, they, they can lead to financing, 
mm-hmm. financing, um, really shoring up the depth or shoring up the infrastructure. And Manchester City has figured that out. They figured it out seven, eight years ago. Um, and, and that's why we saw literally what Southampton paid how much for Romeo Lavia. They paid how much for Juan Larios. They paid how much for, uh, they got money for Jaden Braff, wherever he went. They got, there's just all sorts of things here where we look at it. It's Mm -hmm. like they're collecting trading cards, but these are real people. So that's weird. But they also turn, say, a five million Chelsea. investment into seventeen or eighteen million. Chelsea yeah. started it. <laughs> yeah, and, but you, but you, but you like- United has enough talent in their academy that they could totally That's be true. doing this. That's you know, true. there are championship clubs that would pay eight to ten million uh, for somebody that is never going to see the light of day in the Manchester United senior team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and we we see Ahmad Diallo taking on a leadership role with Sunderland right now. Sunderland's in playoff spots. Where's Pelesi? Yeah, like there's a lot of doubts, like in terms of decision making and transfers. I'll give you that. Yeah, but this summer changed everything again because Miru, Eriksen, Malasia, Martinez. Four transfers, right? <laughs> like that's, yeah, that was yeah. inconceivable in the times of Oli and yeah, in the past. So yeah, I do it's see true. change. I feel it, but yeah. they need that number nine. And but let me do this question, so because we did talk about Arsenal, we talked Man City, now we're talking United. Your top mm-hmm. four must be like your updated top four must be like like right now before transfers happen. Okay, we'll do an updated mm-hmm. after the transfers, but. United, would you put them in the top four? Or do you think they need that number nine for you to be confident that they'll be in the top four? I do believe in what Eric Ten Hag is building, and Eric Ten Hag does not seem to think that he needs major changes to this Mm. roster, according to him. Um, So at that point in time, I mean, when I look at the other uh, teams that we'd be talking about in the top four, um, it's pretty... It, yeah, it's pr- I think Newcastle and I think Manchester United are, are legitimate top four. Um, end of the season could, could be there. Um, and if, if one of the other teams gets broken at the top, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. Nope. Um, Liverpool yeah, I, 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 I think, right. So Liverpool, right. So, mm, see, that's the thing. I Liverpool's looking pretty four. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chelsea has, has been looking okay um, uh, in these these. I- Post World Cup fixtures, we'll I, see if I, that continues. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Man, yeah, Spurs, Spurs in the mud. Um, <laughs> but Man United, so you still you still feel like that number nine needs to come. I I at least feel like the number nine needs to come through and some transfers. But if they don't spend in in January yeah. to spend in the summer, I think Man United yeah. fans will understand that. And I'd like to see a prem team just selling. You know, just showing that they yeah. sell with quality. If United just show the fans that they're they're selling the right players, like they see a Maguire going out, they see a McTominay. McTominay can mm-hmm. be, ah, but Maguire going out. So if they see those types of players leaving, I feel like fans will be happy too. So we can see. We can yeah, see. But tell yeah. us in the comment, people uh, on YouTube, who do you want to come in to this Eddington Hack squad? Because, yeah, a yeah. lot, a lot to come. And you were mentioning how the transfers with academy players – do yeah. now that City now uh, United should replicate. I completely yeah. agree. But Chelsea started everything, and Chelsea, yeah. I think they're starting a new, new trend. It's buying more than ten million these academy players, man. It's like um, you see Gaga Slonina now. You see yeah. Casade. You see Carne Shukwameka. 
You see Wesley yep. Fofana was, that was 18 million. Andre Santos, like Omar Hutchinson, and now Enzo Dude. Fernandez to top the cherry. So Chelsea are trusting the youth 100%. Or Todd Boyle is just like, I trust you, the scout. I trust you, scout. Like, what's happening? <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know what's happening. And at what point <laughs> does financial fair play come in here? If we, we, we'll get we'll get to we'll get to that. But <laughs> you know, it's barely even January first mm-hmm. um, uh, to timestamp today, right? When you and I are talking, and they've already shipped out fifty million, right? <laughs> they're going to bring in Benoit Badiashile. Oh they're going to bring it. They are. They're, yeah, they're bringing in Andre Santos. Um, and, and then there's 50. one more. Oh yeah. Dave, David, Dr. Fofana. Okay. Ten. David Fofana. So that's, yeah, I, I just think here uh, between those three, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And but then quality, on top though. of that, quality, uh, it is quality. I but think... on top of that, mm-hmm. Chelsea wants to hack a few more. I mean, they want to go in all in for Enzo Fernandez and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, at what point is this allowed? Even allowed, you know, it's it's, it's amazing if, to me. If Enzo Fernandez goes to Chelsea for 120 million, Enzo and Wesley Fofana both cost 200 million. Those two players cost Chelsea 200 million. This is the team that got Lukaku for 110, yeah. and now they can't get rid of him, man. But I don't. I'm yeah. not, but I, by no means I think Enzo's a flop, though. Enzo. Yeah is a guaranteed bowler for any team that gets him. And he's the youngest, the best youngster of the World Cup, and he's one of the best midfielders in the Champions League too. I just think the World Cup waked up everyone of how good he is. So, yeah, Chelsea's going to get him, and it's a good buy. It's a good buy for Chelsea. But the transfer market is broken (laughs) if 120 million... Uh, I mean, it just doesn't seem... It's a big price. It's a big price. Like, Vitinha costs... PSG 30 million. So yeah. considering 120 for Enzo, he's a better player. I agree. But he's more – that's a big price tag too. I agree. But I think the thing here too uh, with Enzo Fernandez is you can't put mm-hmm. a lot of midfielders next to Jude Bellingham, next to Gavi, next to Pedri. And the name of Enzo Fernandez, you can. And he's 21. And he's going to represent the country of Argentina that without Messi in the future will need like pillars. And Enzo will be one of them next to Julian Alves. Yeah. So I think that comes with the price tag too. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but there's to... no, there's no way in hell. There's no way in hell Chelsea gets Enzo and then goes after Declan Rice too. I no? think they, I think they do that. I think they do that. And it, it, what, look at this midfield for Chelsea, Enzo Fernandez, Declan Just... Rice and Mason Mount. That solves it. I, I know. That solves Kante going. That solves, solves Kovacic something. not playing. That solves yeah. all the issues of fans saying. And it's like it's a new beginning. Chelsea fans won't go against Todd Boyley if that's the midfield. And then you have Andre Santos, Carne Shukwameka, Cassade. If any of those midfielders yeah. that I mentioned don't go well for starting for Chelsea, these youngsters want to prove themselves to and Hutchinson man Matt Skiller that they steal from Arsenal uh, an I Arsenal know. team up trending too so that says a lot he believes in this project and a lot of people believe when they get in touch with the people that are responsible for Chelsea and that says it that's and then Kunku ben, Benoit yeah. Badwashil is going Fofana has gone and then Kunku is going too that's a big change so I want to see, I want to see this Chelsea team in the future. But this I mean, year is a minus one yeah. year. 
next year is a zero. And the next one, then they'll win. And Graham Potter is a manager for a rebuild. How long did he coach that Swedish team? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, a long time. Seven um, years. But here, here, here's what it comes down to. Um, Graham Potter can never come back and say, you know, uh, we're just not getting the results because I don't feel like I'm getting support from management. Facts. No, facts. <laughs> because if he, can't, if he can't piece these together, because it's we're, we're getting to like Nottingham Forest heights here, you know, in facts. terms of the amount of players he's bringing in. And yes, a lot of them are projects. A lot of them potentially might be sold off for more in the future, mm-hmm. but he's not buying them for two million. He's not buying them for five million exactly. to flip them for fifteen to twenty. Exactly. He's buying them for eighteen, and I guess Chukwameka at some point he might sell for fifty. Or are you going to hand him the keys to the attack? I don't I know. Or midfield. He costs yeah. fifteen. I do. And I think yeah. Kassade yeah. will will definitely be that fifteen million player. Too. And Gaga yeah. Slonina, he's eighteen. Well, Getting mad clean sheets in the MLS. All the youngsters, man, that Chelsea's getting is Chico's too. So I think there's a lot of... I'm going to give credit to the scouting system that Todd Boyley's bringing to Chelsea because one of them will hit. And when they hit... Football. (laughs) Football manager. Football. It's straight football manager. Todd Boyley is like on the plane... He's on the plane. He filters 18-year-olds. I need an 18-year-old today. And then he goes to 19. I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's any number of these players. At some point, you're you're not, you're, okay, here we go. You're not going to see Omari Hutchinson. You're not going to see Kazade. You're not going to see Chukwameka. You're not going to see Andre Santos. Mm. You're not going to see them. You're not going to see them all on the field at the same time. True. Right? Exactly. So some of these are going to be bust. <laughs> uh, or they're going to be sold for maybe what they paid for them. Right. So it, 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 in, in an essence, although the starting value is much higher than what Manchester City paying $8 million for Maximo Perone is, mm-hmm. um, it, you're, it's the same type of game, mm-hmm. my guess is, right? But in the end, it's all as good as the the uh, assembly of superheroes behind him uh, in, turn, in terms of the front office that he has built, mm-hmm. um, bringing in, what's his name, Vavel? Right, mm-hmm. Christopher Vevel, I think is yes. his name. Yep. Um, bringing in uh, Lawrence Stewart from AS Monaco. We said it last. Yep. So you know he's building something that hopefully can run without Todd Bowley, and Todd Bowley just writes the checks. I okay. Agree. I think that's, um, so I think it's certainly intriguing to us here at FC Wonder Kid. Um, but to be honest, out of all of them, aside from Gago Sonina, who will not win the sticks for. Mm years probably mm-hmm. um i have to say that i am most excited about not only the financial upside in terms mm-hmm. of him growing but also the playing upside and what he can bring to the table if properly coached mm-hmm. in david fafana i really really do like his makeup yes. um and i, I think Striker. people need to watch out and it's not surprising that they paid likely the least for Fofana, out of all those names we just mentioned. Molda. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Molda. from Molda, too. That's from where Molda. Salzburg went to catch Holland. So it's like, that's yep. where Salzburg goes fetch their wonder kids. So and, Chelsea and, went so bold, anticipating. And you said yeah. Perone, Man City. Man City, yeah. once again, showing elite scouting system. Just like Julian Alvarez. They knew before the World Cup. They knew before the summer had even gone that they had to get Julian Alvarez. And, and they're like, Peron is the same. <laughs> they're like, we, we, we learned from Benfica getting ah, Enzo first. Ah, we are not, not going to yeah, we are not going to make the mistake a second time. It's, We're getting Peron. Um, I, I, I don't think Peron is the same type of talent. 
um, in terms of ceiling or potential. But then again, I'm not on Man- Manchester City scouting team. Uh, they obviously know better, but I there are, are so, some Brett. massively special <laughs> elements to Perone. I think he yeah. is, though, in terms of intangibles. Just like I'm going to say, before Ooh. I refer to this part, though, I just want to say yeah. we're saying Enzo leaving Befica for $120 million, And once again, elite management from Befica selling uh, in the last few years more than $500 million. And ass in players, okay, leaving Befica. And like, I'm gonna say, last sales of Befica that do this more than 500 million are Ruben Dias, academy player, Jean Felix, mm-hmm. academy, Enzo Fernandez, 120, Darwin Nunes, he was bought two for 20. So it shows the development, and they know what they have to do. And even Di Maria, Years back, uh, Befica was doing this, but now the money's just big, and now Befica can show to the biggest stage what they're doing. So I just wanted to give that shout to Befica because incredible development. Antonio Silva, yeah. Enzo, David Ned, he's playing much better now too. There, Grimaldo now with Roger Schmidt, much better, but he's gonna leave on a yeah. free. But amazing development from players. Well, but, uh, we know yeah. we know for one thing, Benfica definitely is going to be scouting the upcoming, I think, end of January U uh, twenty uh, Copa U uh, twenty yes. Copa America, uh, because all those names you just mentioned, except I think Enzo. But Darwin was there. Mm-hmm. Julian Alvarez was there. Rodrigo was there at the last U20 Copa America in 2019 because Ooh. 2021 was sacked because of COVID. Yeah, uh, you, you had Moises Cachedo. You, there were a lot of names that obviously went on to be big. Mm-hmm. I mean, big because we haven't even talked about where Cachedo might might wind up. Uh, but that U20 Copa America, if people are starving for youth football, that starts in three weeks' time, and I know I'm going to have my eyes on it because my goodness there are going to be stars in the future that uh benfica likely snaps up and sells for 250 million um in the near future uh and, and but I, I like how you said that <laughs> but uh, i shared a great great show and perone too will join man city after the copa sudamericana so it shows the importance it has and uh, Befica is going to join Man City. I said Befica. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Befica are going to get to replace Enzo Fernandez. A lot of reports are saying Carlos Alcaraz, okay? Mm-hmm. And this player, what a box-to-box midfielder. Expect more movement, okay? Deep-lying playmaker. I'd say Enzo likes to, likes to stay in the midfield line. But Carlos... Yeah. <laughs> He likes to go to the box, and you'd expect very different, but very physical type player. So I think well, for ten million, it's a bargain too to get this player. I think I'd see yeah. him. I could see him leaving not for the hundred and twenty because that's uh, best youngster of the World Cup type price tag, but I could see yeah. Carlos Alcaraz leaving for in the future if he succeeds for similar seventy eighty million price tag. So and and between Peroni and Alcaraz. Um, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's it's not done yet. I mean, there are so many great at Rosario Central, at Velez Sarsfield, obviously at Boca Juniors and River, but there are so many youngsters that are actually be, being given a, a chance, uh, a, a big chance to play in a very, very competitive division mm-hmm. um, that has that has need for uh, improved economy, right, in the division. So they are willing, every one of those clubs are willing to sell um, and this is not the last Alcaraz, the last Peroni. There's names behind it, uh, particularly 
you know, 16-year-old Gianluca Prestiani. You've got Alejo, um, I forget his last name, Veliz, I think is his last name. There's so many mm-hmm. young bucks that are going to be coming through that there that uh, I guarantee you they're going to wind up at Benfica, Sporting, Porto, some La Liga. Hopefully they wind up in MLS first. And then they <laughs> then they take the next true, trip beyond that. They might, they um, might, they might. Yeah. You got a couple. It's Brandon. great. You have names that yeah. are doing that, so it's, it might happen. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, I thought we were going to get Alcaraz. I thought MLS was going to get Alcaraz, but ah! I think Benfica. Benfica is too much of a. I don't think you're going to be able to fight Benfica when it comes down to it. If they uh, want him, they're going to get him. So. Uh, we thought we were going to get Perone, and Man City then goes and starts to sure. up. Oh my Damn days. City football. Oh, you ready for this? Watch him get loaned to NYCFC. Calling it right now. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, I know I he wants gonna, first team. Exactly. I think Guardiola yeah. really wants Perone, and that too is another indicator that shows the potential on this kid. So, uh, last shouts here on the pod. We got, I got to know your scoop, Bretton, on, uh, on yeah. Grish. Like, uh, <laughs> he was in the Premier yeah. League team of the season last season. <laughs> yes, he was. Now he goes down that set. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's just scoop. I know. So, this is coming from somebody. I know, I know that when we talk FC Wonder Kid and when we see our comments, we read our comments – we get painted. You or I get painted in certain lights, right? Because you're Portuguese, you have to back Ronaldo, and you don't respect Messi, which we all know you do respect Messi. Uh, I, because I talk anti-Barcelona or something, or anti, <laughs> you know, whatever. But when it comes down to it, I mean, for for me, trying to think of it, um, there, there's there's an old saying, right? Money doesn't buy happiness, mm. right? And and for a, for a man that already has money, money certainly doesn't buy any more happiness. The more money you have doesn't make you exponentially more happy. I it agree. stops at some point. So when it comes down to it, if Ronaldo is doing this, um, you know, maybe to become an ambassador to Saudi Arabia, no, we can talk about not, we can who knows who knows, but we could or, or for like a World Cup bid or no, no, no. in the future. Um, but when it comes down to it, if if it's to make him, if he feels like he is. Um, taking care of himself and his family better uh, because of the economy of this move, um, then I, I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to pass judgment, nor does he give a crap what I think. Right. Um, but, but I do have to say that I think the turning point when all was said and done was when he thought it was a good idea mm-hmm. to sit down with Piers Morgan. Um, I, I just, that interview rubbed a lot of people that had really, really, really strong opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, that might not have had those opinions previously, uh, the wrong way. And I don't think it was necessary for him to do that. Piers Morgan, for him to uncover some ridiculous mismanagement, uh, at Manchester United, all that crap was already understood by anyone that watches football. But it did. Anyone that follows Manchester United. No, that did not lead to them going on a 19-game, you know, one loss in 19-game unbeaten streak. That did not necessarily lead to the Glazers uh, putting things up for sale, at least according to sources, you know, SBJ here, Sports Business Journal, and other, other places. Um, I, I think that's what people are using right now to justify Ronaldo sitting down with Piers Morgan. Mm-hmm. That was the end of the end for me when it came down to it. It felt like I didn't know Ronaldo anymore. It felt not that I ever did. Uh, and it, it was less about him playing. It was less about him making a team better. And it just felt more like me, 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 Mr. Ego. That's the only thing I have to say about that. When all is said and done, would I like to see a better ending for Cristiano Ronaldo when it comes to as ridiculously legendary 
you know, still in the goat talk type of situation that, you know, the, the career that Cristiano Ronaldo has been put, you're absolutely right. I want to see a better ending for him. You hold out that Ronaldo will still have that better ending. I am skeptical, but I am with you that I would love to see it because he deserves respect for what he has given the game. Um, I just, I would, just I don't think, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's dreamful. It's that just, if we win a Euros, that would be yeah. amazing to watch Ronaldo getting another Euros. And if he has the longevity towards yeah. getting to another World Cup, and he definitely won't start, but being involved like Daniel Jules for Brazil, that would be amazing to watch. And Messi and Ronaldo, in terms of longevity, I think they're the top two in terms of greatness in football right now. Oof. I have well, to say that. Speaking, rest in peace, Pelé. Yeah. Okay, rest Absolutely. in peace. But in terms <laughs> of longevity, Messi won a World Cup at 35. Like, Cristiano Ronaldo was performing big time at 35 too. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous, the levels that they're both on. And I'm going to say, like, Ronaldo last season, EPL team of the season, Man United top goal scorer, Man of the Match awards. He, has, he was the most on that team. And, yeah, man, going to Al Nasser too, it's, it's, a, it's financial reasons first, and it's clear as day that that's the... And I just want to say, man, seeing people comment, though, about Cristiano Ronaldo, invalid legacy... What? Yeah. How many people in the world of football have done the achievements he has? None. none not, not many. None. none. Yeah. Only Messi can say some of the achievements, but none. Yeah. No other can compare in terms of numbers but, and Pele with goals. So don't yeah. say invalid legacy. Penaldo. Yeah, that, those are trash comments you can make. Like at 37, yeah, well. getting 200 million a year. How many people could say no to that? Like football yeah. players, I might say not even... Not even one. Only Messi could say no, maybe. I don't know. He wouldn't yeah. say no. I don't know. It's like, ah, it's crazy. But, <laughs> but, but we know we know that the, the, the easiest thing to do on social media is to tear people down, especially people you don't know but that you see all the time, is to tear people down instead of, you know, try and support them. Uh, the issue here, Alex, is he's made it pretty hard to support him. Right. It's true. With think with actions that he has taken, um, uh, you certainly you can never understand a person. But if there's one thing that Pele has taught and it's not for everybody mm -hmm. that retires from the game in the future. But if there's one thing that Pele has taught, it is that the legacy for Pele, for many that saw him and got the opportunity to see him play live. It was one of the most amazing things uh, that, that they remember. But for many others that came to him later and know Pele, they know him as an ambassador to the game, as somebody that wants to make this a universal game for everybody. Um, and I just think that um, Ronaldo and Messi could aspire to that in the future because mm -hmm. Pele has definitely set, mm -hmm. set that bar for a guy that has spent 60-plus years in the service of the game. You know, And that, that in and of itself is something to aspire to, regardless of net worth, regardless of whatever. In the end... You're only as rich as your family and your friends around you, and right? I um, and agree. I'm going to say this. So. I really believe, I completely agree with what you're saying, Breton. And I'm going to give emphasis mm -hmm. by saying Pele, in my opinion, most 100% is the most important uh, Brazilian ever in the history of the country, okay? The ambassador, Ooh. not just to football, for, but for Brazil, in the middle of like problems with the, I don't know if it was a dictatorship at the time, but they had yeah. political problems when Pele was there. So big credit to Pele.
Pele for for what going a, throughout this and rest what a peace, yeah what a life lived that's for Pele sure. Pele and Diego um, Maradona, man. It's like I'm just yeah, happy man. that Pele managed to managed to see the World Cup. You know, yeah. like he did he yeah. did see the World Cup and yeah, man. But it's it's, it's always it, a sad ending with cancer. It's it, not, it's not good. Yeah. Of course, and and if only to be transported back one day to see uh you know 1958 i don't you know yeah to see him in action i mean i would i would i would i would give a lot uh to be able to do that (laughs) i mean for for any number of the former football greats um that that still have staying power today to see georgie best in his prime to see johan cruyff in his prime i mean my goodness i would i would pay a a whole lot to see it but i have cruyff maradona pele those three Mm. i'd love to have seen their primes must have been beauty to watch because you're watching like the 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 fingerprint and the pattern that other footballers are trying to replicate 20 30 40 years after and that shows the brilliance and the pure genius that Cruyff Maradona Mm -hmm. and Pele had so big credit to these players so and and here's it's true if if I yeah. think if Holland's gonna match Ronaldo in terms of seven hundred goals, I saw something. He has to score forty goals until twenty thirty seven. Like Ronaldo yeah. in terms of greatness, is the numbers, it's the stats. Yeah. Just... Oh yeah, and the longevity. You're absolutely right. The man is he is he thirty eight or he's thirty seven still? But he <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's close, but it, hated by FIFA. It, that has to be said too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, these again, these are all justifications because it, it, when all is said and done, and when the social media commentary around it waxes and wanes over the over the coming years, mm-hmm. and Cristiano Ronaldo finally hangs up his boots, I mean, he's going to take his place, no matter. I mean, unless he does something incredibly drastic, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what anyone says, he's going to take his place amongst the greatest ever play the game. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And at some point, nobody's going to remember the comments. Nobody's going to remember any of the, you know, stuff around this. Um, they're, they're, it's the same way, you know, Pele played for the New York Cosmos, right? <laughs> and it was a really crazy, crazy time for the NASL in the USA. And they sold out stadiums and then the NASL went bankrupt. And you can make the argument that his, the amount, his compensation, blah, 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 bankrupted the league, then bringing Best over, then bringing Cruyff over, then bringing all these people over, bankrupted the league, and put us back years and years and years. You can make all these arguments, but in the end, does it change the fact that Pele was the greatest, if not one of the greatest, that has ever played the game? No, it doesn't. And he committed 60-plus years extra um, to the game and expanding the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Ronaldo is probably going to, He'll, he'll, he'll do the same. Let's see. Um, when let's all is said done. But the ambassador but, role, I, I think that I think I think that was thought, but Ronaldo yeah. won't be an ambassador for twenty thirty. Only two all years. Right. He's only gonna be there two years. He can't. Yeah. He can't. Well ambassador for us, twenty thirty, Portugal, Spain. Come on, in Ukraine. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go with this. Get this yeah. world cup, well, man. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> uh, 20, that's you guys are gonna have uh, some competition. It sounds like, but um, no, I think I think you guys will have Spain, Portugal have a very very solid bid when all is said and done. Let's see. Um, but hey, you know we, we don't argue. Yeah, we're we're not really gonna get to talk much about it. But I did, um, and we we'll talk about it as the transfer market goes on. But mm-hmm. I really did want to shout out Falaren Balogun, and it's mm, it's not true. it's not because I'm trying to lobby him uh, for the USMNT uh, number nine role, mm-hmm. uh, but it is because <laughs> this this kid, um, you know, he went on loan 
uh, made the tough decision to do so after mm-hmm. wanting to fight for his place at Arsenal, especially now that Arsenal still needs some depth, even though Enketia is filling in the shoes uh, pretty well right now. But he's 21 years old. He's only behind, mm-hmm. only behind Leo Met, uh, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar in the scoring charts in Lyon. He's got 10 goals. 10 goals, two assists. He's one of the best U21 in terms of goal involvements uh, in the top five leagues. Um, and I just want to say, Balagan, uh, Valerian, if you join the USA, you're going to have essentially Nations League in front of you, Copa America, Gold Cup. You're going to get your chances, man. If you go Nigeria, you're going to have to fight with Victor Osimhen, Awani, Turamofi, uh, Taramofi, uh, Ihe Nacho, uh, Emmanuel Dennis, who somehow inexplicably does not pay play for Nottingham Forest. Um, and if you go for England, I do think there might be a pathway for you to become like a backup striker for England. Mm. But like, you come on, Harry Kane's not going anywhere. Tammy Abraham's not going anywhere. Um, I really do believe that um, Balogun, if you, it, it, you know, if he joins this project that's going on. Um, it, it'll be a lot of fun in 2026, but Bottle we'll see. Gun, I think. Pulisic, Musa, yeah. McKenny, oh. oh my days! That's 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 heaven for you, Bretton. <laughs> I mean, it's it's certainly a canvas that we'd all want to paint on. That's for dang sure. Uh, whether or not it amounts to something in 2026, uh, you never know. But it is a massive collection of talent that could do some big things over the next few years. Um, but it. that's that's the one shout I needed to throw out there. Uh, uh, another one, congratulations to 18-year-old um, Evan Ferguson uh, scoring and becoming the, the the youngest Premier League goal scorer in Brighton mm-hmm. history. Um, and I got to say, you know, Brighton had a little bit of a comeback against Arsenal, and it was because they had all their youngsters on the pitch. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. Not that I'm, you know, biased or anything, because I am. Um, I, it was nice to see guys like Julio and Cizo on there. Um, it it I really hope that they continue to give them some opportunities as they get raided by Graham Potter and Chelsea, because we haven't even talked about where McAllister winds up or where sure. Caicedo winds Caicedo. up at some point, mm-hmm. but we'll be talking a whole lot about that. I'm sure we're going to do a lot of transfer lives, right? Yes. In the coming and, days. And yeah. Estupinian being there replacing Cucurella. What great shout yeah. to you, I'd say. And yeah, Brighton showing what you got to do in transfers. Yeah. And you said, oh. congratulations. I just yeah. want to say in the video, Big announcements, okay? I'm going to be putting pop, pop, pop. These three winners, okay? Three magnificent comments on YouTube. Thank you for going bold. And you won one white hoodie of FC Wonder Kid. So thank you so much, people. And again, thank you for commenting on that video. We just love all the support we've been getting. And Bri and Breton have said we are going to have every month one lucky winner, okay? One luck, one constant giveaway for one of our followers. So you just comment on the podcast videos on YouTube and you enter a giveaway to win a white hoodie at FC Wonder Kids. So I just wanted to yep. say that, Bretton. And yeah, the yeah, man. winners, thank you. Thank you. And you're on screen yes. still. So yes, we're going to try. We'll email you. But Instagram, Instagram FC Wonder Kid, and we'll answer you straight away too. That works too. There you go. Yeah. So I just want to All right, that. man. Well, like, I don't know. Episode 86 ended up being pretty long. But uh, last thing I got to say here is Vinicius Jr., man, you keep doing you. You don't need anyone else to say otherwise. <laughs> but, like, you keep doing you. Uh, uh, what yeah. a villain. What a villain. Ah, uh, man. Dude. I know. It, 
Uh, they're tied. I love it though. Barcelona and Real Madrid are the exact same record heading into the second part of the season. Um, it is going to be a ridiculous end of the club season with how close some of these races are. And that's, to be honest, that's literally all we can ask for. Exactly. Is it not? Exactly. We don't want no 25-point leads, right? Exactly. This is amazing, and it is going to continue to be amazing. But no, uh, Vinny Jr. obviously experienced some racism. He's going back. Uh, um, he's going back oh, and forth with, with La Liga officials yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So all I got to say is you keep doing you, man. And it just, it's, it's just, we're, we're in 2023 now. We're still dealing with this crap <laughs> that That's people so got to do that. But, but just, people, you listen to Bretton, man, comment down below. Who do you think's going to win the Spanish league with Barca, Real Madrid, oh, yeah. Atletico with Simeone? Pfft, hell no. Or who do you think is going to win the <laughs> Prime with Arsenal, Man City, or maybe Newcastle just surprising the whole Ooh. damn world yeah. winning the Prem. Well, Comment down pretty... below your bold choices. And again, if you're listening until now, don't forget to just hit that like button. It's a huge help for us. Oh,